Welcome to Production Music Demystified with Media Tracks Music, a microcast of Music Works. Today we have the honour of welcoming our guest Simon Bradshaw, a composer and performer with wide knowledge of the music industry. In this episode we'll visit tips on how to pitch your work in the sync market, marketing yourself, contacting sync agents and much more. Before we speak to Simon, here is an advert from our sponsor. Music Works is sponsored by the Musicians' Union. I'm a member of the Musicians' Union. It's the trade union for musicians living and or working in the UK, and it's a community of 32,000 members working to protect musicians' rights and campaigning for a fairer industry. As well as campaigning to fix streaming and keep musicians working in the EU post-Brexit, the union collectively bargains for musicians working in orchestras and theatres and sets minimum recommended rates for freelance musicians working in other sectors. Its expert staff provide contract advice, legal advice and assistance, and a range of benefits and services to help musicians in every aspect of their work. Be part of something bigger and get the recognition you deserve. Join now at themu.org. Simon, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Um, so, yes, today I'm going to talk to Simon Bradshaw, producer, um, about getting the job and standing out in production music, um, particularly relating to the sync market. Um, so, without further ado, let's let's kick off. What do people need to know about, about pitching for work in the sync market, Simon? Oh, gosh, where do you start with something like that? <laughs> it, it, I, I, would, I would say that certainly when, when, when you begin this process it is definitely good to set your expectations uh, appropriately uh, in terms of what level of response and feedback you, you may get from from music supervisors etc i think uh it's important to be super organized um and i'm somebody like despite you know living this sort of you know like this with this creative job i, I quite like a spreadsheet and I quite like to have things in place. So uh, having your music organized thematically and lyrically and all these sorts of things or being able to easily cross-reference, I think makes a big difference. Mm. Um, I don't know how much to like promote other services, but um, I would say before you start, the getting disco would be a defo. <laughs> What's disco? Um, so disco is a online uh music sort of audio storage facility so it's a bit like you know a, a dropbox or something like that but it's specifically designed for the music industry so um you can add really good metadata oh metadata is really important sorry that's another thing make mm. sure your metadata is bang on um and uh, the getting up on disco is is kind of yeah a sim similar thing but it's but it's designed specifically for the music business and is mm. kind of industry standard so when whenever you're uh, getting in touch with any music professional that you want to submit your music to nine times out of ten they will want it on disco they certainly won't want it as an attachment it's unlikely they'd want it on dropbox uh, or icloud or whatever so disco is good it's a subscription service but um it's reasonably cheap and it's great it's really good actually and back to that getting your ducks in a row thing, it helps you really organize your material. Mm. Um, in fact, it's got an auto tagging option within it, which is great if you spend a little bit more and, and buy into the sort of premium service, you can literally drag and drop your audio files in and it will it will do the kind of metadata for you. It picks out the tempo, it picks out the mood, it picks out 
instrumentation, um, which is really helpful. Actually, it's not always you know it's AI, so it's not a million percent accurate, but it's 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 definitely useful. Can I just quickly ask? Uh, you kind of indicated it there, but for for those of us who are wondering what metadata is in this context, um, <laughs> what? Yeah, of course. What do you mean by so that? Yeah. <laughs> is the information that you attach to each individual audio file, which is about who wrote the track, the name of the track, so some basic information like that, uh, but also into detail around things like uh, publishing splits and contact information. Um, it's really important to get all that in place because quite often you can you can submit something to it to a brief and, and the only information that they'll dig out is what will be attached to the metadata within the mp3 so it's important mm. that, that that information's on there that's great thank you and just i've just been struck by all of the, these first tips that you've given um they tie in quite nicely with something that we talk about on this podcast a lot which is sort of like investing in getting everything set up so that it runs smoothly and so that you can kind of focus in on being creative as much as possible because um yeah. you know you've you've rightly pointed out that you know investing in disco will will save you time and also um make it'll it'll appear more professional you know when yeah. you're dealing with people who who care about that which is obviously what you will be doing um and there's a direct financial impact of organizing your work like that and it will definitely make you more money um <laughs> It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because again, in this in this job, is this idea of being able to almost compartmentalize the two different things, and that's the, and obviously they link to each other. But but the process of writing and creating material needs to be informed by this other side of the business. But it is like having two different heads on. You're essentially your own PR yeah. you know, or your own office manager. Yeah. So um, yeah, being aware that it's two two jobs that you're doing for free. Uh, <laughs> Is probably worth that <laughs> before you join this kind of um, the, the mayhem that is the sink industry. Um, mm. I would also recommend um, there's loads of great Facebook groups out there mm -hmm. um, and, and other kind of online um, groups that you can get involved with where there's lots of people giving advice. There's some people out there who know a whole lot more than me about sync and have been doing it for many years um so they're, they're worth looking into if you just bang them into to facebook um in terms of then contacting uh music supervisors my, the process i went through i mean again I, i'm sure there's, there's a million ways to do this and, and we'll probably discuss going through publishers uh, later but if you're doing it independently i found that getting Basically, purchasing a database was 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 a good starting point for me. There's there's one that, that I would recommend actually. There's a few out there, but one I recommend called the Sync Report, which is, I think it's about like seventy eighty dollars a year or something. Um, it's incredibly up to date. It's incredibly detailed. The, it's full of names of TV and film supervisors. Uh, uh, you know, advertising worldwide. Uh, you know, you name it, it's in there. And then, so what I did certainly when I got started was I just spent quite a bit of time going through contacting the different uh, names within within that. But my my advice would be, and this is this is where the kind of laborious element and the sort of almost data entry element of, of doing this side of job comes into it is that I wouldn't waste the time doing any blanket emails. I wouldn't waste your time kind of doing anything generic. I. I the, the the only way I've ever received responses from from pretty much anyone in any 
area of the music industry is by personalizing the emails that I send. So, and that means looking at the names, seeing what they've done, maybe going into IMDb, looking at their films and, and making sure that, that the email you send has at least a bespoke section to that person mm. that you're addressing. Um, it takes, it takes time. <laughs> Don't get me yeah. wrong. I've done time, but it, but I would say the response rate is hugely improved by, by, do, by doing that. So I probably, in, in the process of doing the sync report, so obviously you send that out with a little show reel and all that kind of stuff. The other thing I would recommend asking in the email is, is if they'd be okay with you being added to their mailing lists. So that this is kind of most of my briefs now come from just circular mailing lists that I've been put onto over the years. Um, and, and if and when you make contact or get a response from any, any of these um, industry people, just keeping in touch in what I would I would call um, light touch, but proactive. So, so not forgetting about it because you don't want to bother them and all these different things, but not incessantly hammering them with every single track or idea you have. Um, something around, I mean, I try to do it every six to eight weeks where I'll just get in touch and say hello and be like, oh, I've just worked on this in case you were looking for anything and maybe a, another little show reel. Um, but generally, it's just to keep keep you in mind for when something does come up down the line. So, yeah, mm. li light touch. There's, there's a phrase. I get a badge. Light touch, but proactive. <laughs> uh, polite, polite, but proactive. There you go. That's really great. Um, I agree completely. And I have to say, we, we pitch for work for composers um, all the time through my company, and I couldn't agree more. Personalised is the only way. Um, and um, also, um, response rates as well. I, don't be disheartened, I would say, is another thing, because you can spend an awful lot of time doing this. And if you've sent out mm. 100 emails and you get 10 responses, you're doing quite well, you know, yeah. and it doesn't feel like it. Um, but that, that's really important to have that that perspective. Anything around 10%, you know, and that's any response, let alone a positive one, is, is yeah. a pretty strong uh, bit of feedback. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Would you mind just going into a bit more detail about how you use your mailing list? Because this is really interesting advice. Yeah. I, again, I do a lot of work um, on kind of comms approaches for, for musicians in general and trying to uh, communicate the importance and also like the potential of a really good mailing list approach is, um, is something that I, I think there's a lot of resistance to it because it feels daunting. So if this is working well for you, I'd love to hear more about how you're doing it. I I mean, there's no, there's no getting away from the fact that establishing a, a mailing list and sort of making it work for you is is daunting and really hard work and not necessarily going to give you the, the the results that you crave. Um, that said, I think it's, it's without representation and 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 by that I mean strong representation, not just you know, you know, some, some you know somebody who's really well connected. Um it's still the best format it's all about building those relationships it's all about them thinking that first of all you're approachable flexible you will you will you will not be driving them mad with submissions but you and you will get you will hit briefs when they've asked them to or you'll get things in um and the things that you send that are you know are not way off what they're asking for and all that kind of stuff so it, it is about maintenance gonna keep think of it as cutting the grass really it, it's uh <laughs> Yeah, it's something you've got to do to keep it look, you know, to keep everything 
smoothly and if and for those doors to open up this is not to say that mm -hmm. by having a good strong mailing list you you're going to suddenly end up getting sinks left right and center this is the most competitive uh field or one of the most competitive fields i would imagine in, in the industry um but, but it's, it's a tool though it's part of the toolbox yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah and, and you're and you're in the loop right you're not you're yeah. not on the outside waiting and I love the advice of giving of, of basically a personalized email, um, including the question, can I put you on the mailing list? Because that's exactly, to me, that's the right balance yeah. of you need to have the mailing list so that you can get your message out without spending your entire life writing personalized emails. But you, you've you've gone into it with an understanding of who the person is and like well, respect I mean, for what they do. Exactly. And ultimately, like, you know, you're going to be one of the 500 people on their mailing list, right? And and that and that's and that it, it, as a opening offer, that's really all they can give you short of them going, oh, I'm writing a film and we need this bespoke, you know, that which is an yeah. unlikely um, conceit. Um it's it's definitely um, if you're on that mailing list, you've got a shot, right? And you're getting things yeah. and then you can, even if you're not getting uh, cuts with them, you are slowly building your reputation as things come through. Yeah. Thank you. So I was just going to say, yeah, so now we're exactly responding to Brees. Yeah. So back to being organized, right? So first of all, give yourself options. That's what I'd say. So have things that, that you would you would you would think uh, you could use off the shelf so you know if you've got a decent catalog and you, and you know that you're you've got a range of genres and styles and things that that you will hopefully when a brief comes in be able to go actually i've got something that is is either completely that or at least very close to it so be aware of your catalog and, and the off the shelf options if you're writing bespoke obviously this is it's, it's a it's a big time i think it's a big time commitment i think this is a, it's a really to get it right and to put the effort in to make sure that you're really hitting that brief takes takes time and effort and you know you are it is a massive gamble right this is not something that is guaranteed so it's important for me so now i i i won't i won't pitch for a brief for free um, unless I see what I'm doing as something that is usable elsewhere as well. So I have to think to myself, okay, I'm, I want to really want to pitch this brief. It makes total sense for me. It's in my, in my wheelhouse. And, you know, I could do this with a, a couple of days, but on the assumption that I don't get it, what would I do with that? Where, where is it going to sit? Would it work with another yeah. artist and where can it go to a production music library? Can it, you know, what, 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 what will, how will this make sense so that it, it isn't, not not wasted time because nothing it's all development but but has a purpose beyond the initial brief well it has a value as well so yes it's not wasted time but also it's not necessarily um it doesn't necessarily have a value attached to it unless you you yeah. have thought about that in advance i, I mean because i did it for years and then I, I would sit and look at my hard drive and go oh my god i've got like 20 songs here that have taken me to at least two days each to put together and they, they, they live on my hard drive they're never going to mm. really exist anywhere else yeah. um they will often say <laughs> that they're open to ideas i'm, I'm going to throw this out there they're not <laughs> like i think we want to give that appearance and be like yeah yeah if you've got anything that you you know be creative with this they want that to be the uh you know feel like that's the agenda in my experience it is not the agenda they have a very very specific idea of what they want and it is contained in that brief 
especially if there's an existing track in place. So if you if you start getting briefs that says, you know, we currently it's this track by this famous artist that they can't clear for whatever reason, or, or you know, we want it to sound like this track. What they mean is they want it to sound like that track. Like they don't yeah. they don't mean like, oh, this is a bit like that. They mean basically they want that track but can't afford it. So or can't clear it or whatever it might be. Mm. So there's there's something about putting a little bit of um, you know, like genuinely listening to the tracks, thinking about the tempo, thinking about the chords, the type of chord structure, not necessarily the same chords, the production style, the vocal style. And being re as tight to it as you can. I mean, it's never going to be plagiaristic because it's always going to be infused with your personality, your direction, your equipment, your all of these things. But I, I think that um, I think that being as tight to the brief as you can be, two things. It definitely gives you a better chance of getting it, but it also shows that you're willing to to play by the rules. They've sent you what they want, and you're doing that. Now, that's not to say that I wouldn't send a wild card as well. I mean, if in my dream scenario for a brief, I'll send two that I think are tight to the brief or two examples that I think are close. And then I'll probably send something that I think matches thematically or lyrically that doesn't necessarily tie to the brief because I still think it's worth display both displaying your breadth and giving, you never know with another option, of course. But yeah, I think, I think getting used to like, oh, I, I, I've got this is I've got to really try and do this and actually it's a challenge as a producer and a songwriter in itself to do that anyway mm. kind of toes a really thin line between your own creativity and vision and being able to follow a brief and um yeah. two different jobs <laughs> two different jobs feel but like I, it's more I, than two different jobs <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 jobs. because then but you've I, got I, the I mean, admin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even like I, even as someone who's creative and writing my own stuff, I can very much put my head in different game. You know, different. If I'm writing for an artist, I don't write them what I would write for myself, right? It's not. Yeah. You know, this is all part of the the breadth of the challenge of certainly being a producer. Um, it's different, I guess, if you're an artist and you're and you're you know you want to kind of establish yourself uh, as a you know a writer, performer, all these kinds of things. And sync isn't necessarily your your first um, port of call. But a lot of that's how artists are breaking now through sync. So it, it, it's definitely worth, you know, towing the line to a degree, even if it is just to build your reputation that you can do that. And actually, I, I love all that. Like I, I, I'm never prouder than when I've written something that is completely out of my comfort zone and it sounds like it. I, I managed to get a cut on a K-pop record a couple of years ago. I have no relationship with K-pop whatsoever other than loving it. Like I've certainly never written any of it. I, you know, I'm largely a garage musician who makes a horrible racket on a guitar. Um, <laughs> and then I, I got this brief and kind of, you know, managed to kind of network my way through to getting the cut. I, and that, I'm so proud of that because I've, it was so out of my comfort zone um, and, mm. and totally worthwhile. Fantastic. Great. And then I think the 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 next stage is uh, dealing with publishers. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I wrote this phrase here, uh, which is um, where pitch briefs go on to live a happy life. <laughs> I love you know, that. I, um, the point I was trying to make before was that if so, I I ended up so a good example of this. I ended up after I had. Um, got that K-pop cut. Very briefly, lots of K-pop labels and producers uh, wanted to work with me. 
So I suddenly found myself pitching for all kinds of like K-pop sensations that, that were amazing. And I must have done six, seven, eight of these. And again, you know, so many people doing this sort of stuff. And even though I'd managed to get this cut, not one of them got picked up. So I was instantly, oh, well, I've spent ages on this. Like I've got all these tracks that I think are really good and, and need work. So, you know, ultimately what they will do, and, and, and I, if you have a great publishing label, whether that be a, a traditional publisher or a production music label or wherever it might be, it's really important to have an idea of, of which ones, which, which of these labels, if you're not exclusive, might be interested in the material you're producing, even if it doesn't work out in terms of a pitch. So I, I, you know, I, I luckily, um, luckily I know a few production music labels and I have a conventional publisher as well, where there are opportunities for me to place this material, but, but having those ideas in your mind about, well, what, if this pitch doesn't work out, what, what project can I turn it into? And then where could I potentially get that placed? Yeah, absolutely. So just making sure that the uh, the value of the work you're creating is uh, is not just all tied into one potential opportunity. It's, it's the same as I mean, it still work because you know you may have pitched one track, and then of course to make it relevant to a production music label, you'll then have to kind of produce an album's worth of that sort of stuff or an EPs at least. But at least mm. it, it's like you know if you've done it and you've enjoyed it and you think oh yeah okay there's I can pitch this track to a to a to a library or or a publisher if they like it then at least you know you know you're in a position where it's going to get published and then you you hopefully will recoup uh, that way um in terms of labels you know I, I still think just looking at existing catalog is the most important thing when you when you're looking for a publisher or a library or whatever it might be um look what they do like there's there's, there's a reason why they're doing what they're doing and the reason why they're looking for what they're looking for um mm. i i think that's really important before you send anything um are the MCPS PRS library, I think is really important to know and understand and, and gives you an idea of, of kind of the likelihood of, of cuts, but also their, their quality and reputation. Yeah. I think um, the size of the label, like I, so I work with some really big libraries and publishers and I work with some really small independents and I think understanding your place it is important whether you're the tiniest fish in the biggest pond and, and how that could potentially work for you if the label is powerful and, and has influence or is it better for that material to sit on a medium-sized label where you might be more of a priority these are these are things to weigh up for, for each release really yeah absolutely and listen to what they want is the other thing is, as mm. well like, i think quite often people turn up and go oh, i've done this record do you want it and actually contacting a publisher with a, a showreel and then saying what do you want can be really effective because they've all got things in mind that they know there's gaps for or they know they can sell or they know it as well and if you're willing to work from a brief from a publisher then that's got a really really good potential knock-on effect as well absolutely so what what kind of um things to be weighing up when you're looking at an existing um library because um again we give this advice a lot about um people who are looking for um agent representation as well you look at who they already represent and you think do you know and then you have the question if you're a young pianist you say well if you only represent young pianists do i fit or do i just become part of a big yeah Cool. You know, so it's, where does it sit in, in this context? Like if you're looking at a library, do you want to be 
slotting directly in and like completely aligned with that or do you want to be an outlier or where do, what would you say about that yeah and, and and then and both things can have their bonuses can't they like if you yeah. if you get into a smooth running train that is you know constantly getting cuts for a certain kind of material then then potentially you want to be a part of that but then mm. if you're you know if you're the only person doing a certain thing then again you know when those briefs will be the one you are be less often represented but you will potentially get more opportunities going from that direction um it's a lot to weigh up but you know the the, the meeting the people i think is really important and, and again back to just building those relationships uh, i think i think that most most people are honest actually you know don't get me wrong i've worked with plenty of people not that i would consider dishonest but that i pretty quickly worked out we weren't necessarily on the same page um yeah. any label that is willing to give you the time of day to speak to you about what you're doing to offer advice to listen and give constructive feedback you know there's not many that actually do that you know there's a lot that you know let's face it the inundated with submissions of you know largely stuff that they don't want to work with so if they've taken the time to actually speak to you and make contact and, and build a relationship i think that's really you know that that, that that's possibly the, the, the biggest thing whether they're big small or somewhere in the middle they're definitely not doing that if they don't see potential for revenue down the line you know this is the, the you know they're not doing it as a favor like yeah. this is something they're building a business um i think looking at the amount of releases is really important certainly on a production music uh label because i think uh, some labels believe it's a numbers game and and there's an element of truth to that because you know you want to provide new and refreshed content and new new many as many options as possible uh particularly as i was saying before if briefs are that specific you want to try and touch it you know cover as many bases as you can um but if a label's putting out 50 albums a month then where do you sit there? You know, where, how important are you? And and I think that that's it's a, again it's a fine line and a fine balance to to sort of work through. Yeah, great. That's it's very interesting, isn't it? How a, a lot of it, as you say, it does come down to relationships and and finding the uh, the the right people to work with. And there's just such a range of experiences that you can have with all the different approaches. And as you say, the big companies and the smaller companies. And yeah. yeah. And all, all all have their positives and negatives and everything like that. Yeah. But I would say, you know, you can slightly trust your instinct. What I wouldn't do, and which I've done many times, is get excited. You get sucked in because someone's given it some attention or, you know, someone's promised, not promised something, but suggesting certain things can happen. Now, like, I mean, if there was ever an industry to take things with a gallon load of salt it's this one right it, it, it's it's definitely people people say things all the time that they, they may genuinely believe at that point but if it sounds too good to be true <laughs> it's not it's yeah. not true <laughs> so you know be, be try not to get drawn into it just because it's you know it's an exciting thing to be to be making and releasing albums and all that remember your own worth remember your own value make sure you've got options um and 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 also like I, I never lose sight. I tell you what, Katie, this and this is the thing is like it's brilliant, isn't it? Like I mean, what a thing to do for 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 a bit of a job. Like I write songs for people. I mean, that's mad that 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 exists, and that I'm allowed to do it in any any context, whether it's the biggest cuts or the smallest. You know, it, it, it's. I never lose sight of the fact that it's a brilliant thing to do, and whether you're making money out of it or not, and all these sorts of things. You know, it, it is. Um, yeah it's very it's very easy when things aren't going well or you you'd lack in money to get really bogged down in 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 feeling negative about the whole thing but actually you know what every time i finish a piece of music i'm i'm 
I'm never happy, you know, when I go and play it in the car and listen to it really loud. You know, that's my <laughs> point, right, of the, of, the, of the month. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Thanks yeah, no worries. Well, thank you very um, much for having me, Casey. I appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for joining us.